Hello everybody and welcome back to Crossing the Tape. And thank you for joining us today for our very first mini-episode where we're going to cover the history and a brief education on some different forensic and law enforcement related topics. As always, I'm Brendan and here to help learn you something fun. I'm Hillary. Yeah. So <laughs> sign the crime scene log and join us. Today's topic, the history of photography in crime scenes. Yes, and I will say that a bit of what I'm going to cover isn't completely crime only crime scene oriented. It's also police oriented. Um, but it's it's interesting how we got to where we are today and how the humble beginnings of crime scene and police photography began. Now, is it true that crime scene photography started out as a way uh, for law enforcement officials to gain followers on social media by posting gruesome true crime photos. No, that would be false. Uh, I'm going to have to shut down my Facebook page. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, the first recorded, at least, point in time that um, police started using photography was in the late or mid-1800s, around 1851. This is when it, they began taking pictures of prisoners, and when they would, you know, they'd book them, they started documenting... Ooh, the classic mugshot. Yes, the classic mugshot. began then, um, and over time they saw the value of different types of photography in law enforcement, and that really took off in 1903. Well, um, you, you said that was... Belgium in the 1850s? 1850s, yes, and I didn't say Belgium, so yes. So this, no, you did. Uh, but, so this was uh, initiated by a Hercule Poirot? <laughs> no. Oh. He's not that old. Or real. <laughs> he's real to some of us. Yes, he's in our hearts. Um, Suchet. <laughs> Bonsoir. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, in the early 1900s, mm -hmm. the use of cameras um, to document crime scenes really began to take off, and this was all um, in, kind of instilled from Alphonse Bertillon, oh, a, a Parisian criminalist, who saw the value of the crime scene itself and the use of pictures. Being able to present those photos in court and review them afterwards and of course yes yes show you know mug shots to victims to compare right they look like this can you falsely implicate this guy for us exactly and he he kind of <laughs> maybe no he kind of <laughs> properly oh. identify yes yes he was also the one that saw the value of mug shots in relation to an investigation and that's when police began to document other attributes on people so if they had a particular scar or a tattoo those were now beginning to be photographed as well as part of the mugshot process so that later if a suspect came up and a victim mentioned they had this kind of tattoo they could pull up all the mugshots of prisoners with tattoos and go from there so Alphonse was the one who really started taking photos at crime scenes and instead of taking random ones, he is the one that we can all thank for the 
intricate and sometimes mundane process of taking a million photos at a scene. Tedious. Right. So. And you want to start from the biggest piece of evidence and move outside, right? No. Oh. So, for those of you who don't know. I'm going to have to make a few calls. <laughs> hey, you weren't the crime scene investigator. True. So, you're all right. If I didn't know that, that'd be bad. So, for those of you who don't know, um, at one point I was a crime scene investigator. Of and course. when you take photos, you have to take at least three kinds of each evidence. And before you even begin, you take, say, it happened, the incident happened at a home. You need a picture of the street sign to document what street it was on. You need a picture of the outside of the home, the address, the address numbers, numbers, the numerics. Then you go in room by room, and then once you identify what your evidence is that's significant, you mark it with a crime scene marker, the little yellow placards we all see on TV. We use those. and They are real. They are real. And you begin photographing that way and in a very strategic and organized fashion. So if there's a weapon in the living room, you're going to take a picture of the whole living room and then where the weapon is in relation to the room and then one of just the weapon and you you have to go step by step. Well, that was not done before the early 1900s and Alphonse there was the one that decided random pictures were no good and yeah, they imagine. need to be in a, a consideration of organization. Yeah, it, to this day, I think we've both seen people who are photographing a scene and they'll just walk room to room and go, oh, that looks important, and take a picture of this thing mm-hmm. with no reference that it's on the nightstand in right. the corner and it's in the bedroom. Just, eh, that thing, and then walk somewhere else. And just get the, looks like there might be a smudge of blood or a fingerprint or something on the refrigerator, so we'll get a close-up of that. But there's right. no reference, and there's there, no measurements. That's the thing. There has to be a reference. And he also was the one who started incorporating measurements into things you want those pictures to tell a clear story yes that way if for some reason the crime is not solved then 50 years later somebody could open up those pictures and walk right through the crime scene and re-examine it re-examine it and know exactly what was where Mm -hmm. and why those photos were taken i have reviewed cold cases where i don't real i don't understand where the photo was taken or why it was important, or they the thought it was important. Why a sock that's not mentioned right. anywhere right. in the report? Why is that sock there? I don't know. Whose I wasn't there. Do we know? So if that sock is important, you need to document that. Yeah. So we can thank Alphonse Bertillon for the advancement of crime scene photos. And it really was did make a big difference. For, doing, um, for taking photos with some forethought that it might be yes. important. Well, and he also began to use a tripod, too, which is something that often is used because when you take certain photos, especially the close-up one of a piece of evidence, usually it's at a 90-degree angle, and it needs to be done just so. And he was the one that recognized the angle of the picture makes a difference. And we've seen that in many cases. You in particular. Yes. <laughs> had one a while back. Yeah, I had one a couple, couple years ago, and someone didn't measure a shoe print properly, and they just did it really at an odd angle. They didn't put the measuring 
the L scale in the right place. I wasn't there. I was reviewing it later, and I couldn't tell if that shoe... Well, that... They, they took a picture of the... They found a suspect and yeah. photographed his shoes. Right, with no scale and, and at a terrible angle. pattern appeared to be the same. Right, but I couldn't say it was for sure because I really didn't know well, if it was the same the shoe. shoe size. Yeah. Because you and, and I... had little baby feet, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I have the same boots, and the tread looks exactly the same, but mine's... Yours look like baby shoes. And mine, mine are doll <laughs> shoes, and his are not. <laughs> but they're the same shoe, so that measuring aspect is very important. Um, let's see. So as time went on, uh, we'll, we'll skip through to the 1950s. That was the next big marker of police photography. Um, this is when everyone really began to take that documentation aspect of things really seriously. And I think that's when it really started to become protocol <clears throat> to take good crime scene photos, use L scales, mm -hmm. and be as, you know, as pristine as, as you can yeah. and thorough and accurate. And what's better than photos? Right. Well... I will tell you. So then after that, about 10 years later, is when um, it began to, to appear important to show jurors photographs and even videos. Mm -hmm. So Literally walk them through the scene. Right. So that's when video recorders became started to be put into play. Big ones. And <laughs> the 50s, they're huge. They, well, we're 60s now. Oh. But... Um, this is when they would start walking through, and I'm sure you've all seen old footage of, you know, crime scenes, and they're walking through, and they say actual footage. Well, it's, that's when they really started doing that, because it took the, jur the jurors through the whole scene just as the investigator was going through it. And again, I'll reiterate here um, that video does not replace photos. You don't, if you're going, you, you can... You should have both. Yes. But don't do don't do one in place of the other. No. And if you cannot, for some reason, video it, then stick with photographs. Photographs are always going to be used. Video isn't always. It's best to have both, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, That's why body cams are so beneficial these yes. days. Because it kind of does half the work for you. If you've right. been at the scene the whole time, there's footage of your entire interaction there. Mm -hmm. And then you go through and get your photographs as well. Right. Then... You only need to make the one pass for the photos. Right. So with crime scenes, um, it, it really took off with the video aspect. And um, before I get too much into modern, modern technology, uh, I will say that the progression of the type of camera has really come a long way. For a while, um, people were investigators were using Polaroids, which... Shake them. They're not great. I mean... The quality's not great. No, I... And they're I've, easy to screw up. Yes, and I... But you at least know right away that you screwed up. Right, but, you know, the sad thing is, is that those... I don't remember, I used to have a Polaroid. I, I believe, though, it only took 10 pictures. So mm -hmm. then, I think I've, every every case I have seen that has a, is a cold case and has Polaroids, there's not a ton of them, and I think they're the investigators were afraid to waste them. Right. It's like, well, that picture's good enough. Well, 
hindsight, yeah. no. Should have been able to take another. You should have gone through as much film as possible. But, but can't those also kind of deteriorate over time? Yes, they can yellow and they can really, you know, I've seen pictures that at one time they were it was probably a pretty good picture, but now it's yellowed and I don't know if that yellowed yellow and dark and I don't know if that yellow is part of the crime scene or bodily fluid or if it's just the picture. Of the scene yes. Or just you're looking at a 50-year-old photo. Right. So then they advanced to digital point-and-shoots, is how we usually refer to them. And some agencies still use them that are, you know, they don't have the bigger budget to get um, a proper one. But And those don't do badly as long as you do it right. But and sometimes, I can tell you, it's real hard to do it right with those. Yeah. Sometimes you get nine pictures of the same thing, and each one is worse than the last. Right. So the best kinds are digital cameras that are a little more modern and used for professional uh, photography and those are the ones that are the most commonly used now but aside from those the future is the, now. <laughs> the future is now um, the biggest advancement in at least crime scene photography is the use of 3d scanners and with these prior to that and there's, they're still popular enough. There are some software programs that take your standard digital camera photos and you can stitch them together and kind of make your own walkthrough just as a videotape, but with the software, stitching your photos together. And those are pretty cool and helpful. Mm -hmm. However, 3D scanners take that to a new level. They scan with a laser, you know, you figure out what dimensions you need and you scan within that area and it'll take that scan and you put it into a software program specifically that goes with your scanner and it will make like a 3d almost animated version of your crime scene like a video game kind of oh. not not to that extreme but That's it does fun. resemble that <laughs> But it's really good for going back and looking through the house again. And mm -hmm. it's really good for jurors. It, it's a game changer when it comes to the courtroom. Yeah, better than video even mm -hmm. being able not just to kind of walk through it again or see it as the investigator saw it, but to actually interact right. with the scene and be able to look at it oh, from yeah. different angles. You can, different angles, you can zoom in, aerial views. All of that. The and again, it does Helps not eliminate a lot of doubt. Then, like, well, we can't really right. see for sure in that corner in the video. We'll yeah. Flip it to a different you know, right. look from that side of the room. And they're they're three hundred sixty degree mm -hmm. full room. Yes. Scans. It does not replace photographs, though. You still have to take photographs, and those scanners only some departments have yeah, them. About two bazillion dollars. <laughs> it seems like it, but. Um, Again, they don't replace photographs. They're just an additional tool. But it is something pretty cool that's, you know, makes you realize how far we've come that way. Yeah, from 1850s big black and white mug shots to a 3D digital scan. Yes. Of a crime scene that you can move around and mm -hmm. play with. Right. It's pretty incredible. It makes you wonder what's 10 years from now, 20 years, 50 years. Yeah. What's next in coming? Well, you'll hear about it here, I'm yeah. sure, on Crossing the Tape. Indeed. I think that wraps up the mini-episode. 
uh, you are all now certified crime scene photography experts, right? No. Oh, not no, at all. no, 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 no. Certificates are you're not, not in the mail. You're not certified anything. No. This is just for... You're a certified listener. Yes. You're a certified listener and you've had some edutainment. Yeah. Certificates are not in the mail. No. No. And that wraps up for now. Until more education, entertainment, history, and stories from your two favorite hosts. Have fun and good night. Happy New Year. Yeah.